To be honest, I feel like all our problems are just caused by technology, and um, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, me neither. I think we're just gonna go down in history as the techie kids or the depressed kids. That's our legacy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of To Be Honest. I'm your host, Amy. And I'm Grace. And forgive me, my voice is a little wonky because I was a bit sick a while ago. It was not COVID. Um, anyways, <laughs> my voice might feel a little nasally. Anyways, for this episode, we're thinking of researching generations and then just talking about our generation, Generation Z. Um, because when we were doing research for this, I thought it was really interesting because in the past, I always thought that a generation was determined by, I don't know, 20 years past and then this is a generation and then that's the start of a new generation. But then... Hmm. I actually found out that generations are categorized by people in different age groups, but on kind of like social trends. Um, so for example, the baby boomer generation, they're coined for the huge population boom that followed World War II, and then they're really well known for national optimism and prosperous consumerism. Like, isn't that cool? <laughs> and in our generation, we start 1997 to 2012, we're known for our use of personal technology and um, our use of social media. And what is it? The exacerbation of climate crisis and rise in mass shooting violence and other socio-political pressures. And mm. for that reason, it says that we're also known as the most depressed generation and the generation <laughs> that's most likely to engage in social activism. So mm. these are things that like we've always observed around us, right? And then I guess like if you're around our age, you've probably noticed that you might be a lot more interested in social activism than your parents or you are really good at technology like that's a trait of your generation so it's pretty interesting to see how that fits into your identity yeah definitely and i feel like as of any generation a lot of stereotypes will emerge about what kind of people we are like mm -hmm. the fact that we're all depressed or that we're all social activists or that we're all addicted to technology so we have the idea where in this episode we're going to review some of those stereotypes then we can talk mm -hmm. about like how much we agree with them, how it manifests in our own lives, and like why we think that these might be stereotypes or things that affect our generation. Uh -huh. So, starting right off, we have indecisive. And I don't, like, I fully relate to this one on a very deep level because I'm very Me indecisive. Yeah. <laughs> and I know, like, I've met so many other people my age who are also like, oh my gosh, I'm so indecisive. And it's something that we can bond over, you know, because I'm like, oh my gosh, you get me. And yeah. we literally can't make any decisions ourselves, and we have to, like, resort to random number generators and coin flips. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, us too. stuff like that. <laughs> okay, no, it's funny, because I've hung out in a group setting a bit more lately, and then mm -hmm. I realized that I'm often forced to be the decisive one, since all of my friends are so indecisive. <laughs> and then it's like, I'll, I'll have like three out restaurants outlined, you know? And then I'll go like, okay, vote on which restaurant you like. And no one will vote. And then we'll just have to like coin flip it until we land on the right one. Or like, I might make the decision, I don't know. But it's like, I would also call myself a pretty indecisive person, but it's funny how indecisive everyone is. And in mm -hmm. comparison to them, I might be more decisive, I suppose. So yeah, no, I totally get that. I feel like we've talked about how um, in a social setting, sometimes I feel like I need to be whatever is missing in that group yeah yeah and so if i'm in a group of indecisive people sometimes i feel like 
I have to step up and make a decision or like I have mm-hmm. to initiate the coin flip or something. <laughs> initiate and the coin flip. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like same actually goes for like introversion slash extroversion too, yeah, where if yeah. I'm with more introverted people, I'll be more likely to step up and initiate conversation. Whereas yeah. if I'm with super extroverted people, then I just like sit there and listen and just like absorb everything they're saying. Yeah, honestly, maybe you should just surround yourself with people who lack the traits you want because then you're going to be forced <laughs> to step up and adopt oh, it. <laughs> maybe that's a Wait, that's interesting. That's like the, oh, okay, okay, thought. So you know how a lot of the time you hear people say you should surround yourself with the people who inspire you and like yeah. the people who are like You the should pe- surround yourself like, with people who don't inspire you. <laughs> I'm thinking that maybe you should surround yourself with people who inspire you so that you know who you want to be, like so that you can take the traits that you like for them. But mm-hmm. then you might need to surround yourself with people who lack those traits to actually practice them. Because mm-hmm. if everyone else is exhibiting those traits, I guess sometimes it's harder for you to find a chance for yourself to like test out this new personality trait that yeah. you know you want to yoink yeah <laughs> oh my gosh it's so interesting we just came yeah. up with like this whole new way of thinking about look at us go. self-improvement i know <laughs> yeah i will say that our generation is pretty indecisive mm-hmm. yeah no i've also had this thought i don't know how true this is um i have this theory that there are generations of decisive and indecisive people like i feel like Mm. maybe all of our parents are just more decisive so they end up making more decisions for us when we're younger and then when we grow up we're unable to make decisions for ourselves i don't know how that's really interesting actually yeah because i find that like my mom i think is like a pretty decisive person like she knows what she wants and i find that really admirable but Mm -hmm. i feel like she also ends up making more decisions for my grandma like my mom's mom and Mm. so i'm wondering if maybe like maybe our generation's children will be super decisive because we're super indecisive (laughs) maybe that's kind of funny Mm -hmm. i don't know how true that is no okay that also reminds me of like i feel like even between grades there are trends between them so yeah yeah, it's like i think my grade is known as a pretty good grade like we don't Mm -hmm. do many illicit activities well of course we do illicit activities but not not that much but in, i would say the grade below us are buck wild um maybe not grace she's, she's pretty normal but like i remember in middle school like um when i was in like eighth grade the seventh graders were crazy so i was like damn um so that also made me think that maybe like the grades in our schools like there's one crazy one one not like normal one one crazy one one normal one Maybe, yeah. Wait, that's yeah. so interesting. I also wonder if we fall into the, like, old people thing where they look at all younger people and older people are always just like, Ugh, these youngsters are buck wild. Yes. But I feel like, I feel like the grade, what is it, the grade 10s? Actually, I don't know the grade 10s very well, but they seem pretty normal. Yeah. I mean, okay, <laughs> I can see it from... It's weird because I feel like between middle school and high school, things flipped. So in middle school, I feel like we were... Um, like the grade above us was the good generation, like what you were saying. And then the grade mm-hmm. below us was more of like the buckwild children. And we were just in the middle and we were kind of buckwild, but we weren't like fully good children. But we were also um, less buckwild than the generation below us. So we were like, okay. okay. Maybe, maybe the generations then, are just getting progressively more buckwild. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. But then once I went to high school, I feel like our generation kind of became the good generation. And then the generation below us became the chill generation. And then now I hear so much tea from your generation, like at my school at least, from like, oh "Oh my gosh. Maybe it's like a gradient. Maybe Maybe. maybe it's like an upside down bell curve, you know? 
yeah, you start maybe. off buckwild and you get chill and you go back to being buckwild <laughs> <laughs> that's all of our legacies it's our destinies just to be buckwild yes it's coming for you grace <laughs> yeah but i don't know <laughs> how the, accurate what piece. i say is because i also have always been pretty sheltered with like the programs that i've been in grace is very so. unbuckwild <laughs> she's buck peaceful <laughs> extreme peaceful extreme peaceful extremely passive well i don't think yeah okay i don't know you'll have to tell us listeners what you think of this trend because mm-hmm. we're, we're not sure it's a working theory yeah anyways um back to the topic why do you think our generation is indecisive i wonder if it's because of the way we've been brought up like i don't know if um this has been said to previous generations too but i feel like growing up everyone was always telling me to like see things from all different perspectives and Mm -hmm. I feel like especially with um, social media now we can have so much contact with like people who have different mindsets or like different views of the world and so because we're exposed to all these different ways of seeing the world we can see things much better from other perspectives so then I feel like for me at least a lot of the time it makes me more hesitant to have a firm stance on something Mm mm-hmm and I wonder yeah. if that just extrapolates to, like, all other parts of my life, including choosing a place to eat. <laughs> yeah. No, that's interesting because I think our generation, from what I understand, I feel like we also struggle a lot more with our identity or, in, like, establishing oh, yeah, a strong identity. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like in comparison to the generations before us, people seem to know who they are a lot earlier than we do. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's true or not, because I am, like, going through that coming-of-age phase where I'm thinking about my identity a lot, but, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like our generation might just be indecisive because we don't really know who we are and we don't really know what we want. Mm. Mm. Wait, I can definitely see that. That actually makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And especially because now we're, like... In a way, we're not as pressured to grow up fast, you know? Yeah, and also we have access to so many more things now. It's mm-hmm. like, we have a lot more options than people did in the past, which also might be why. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's such an interesting thought. Because, like, now, like, we're struggling to decide on a place to eat because there's so many good restaurants mm-hmm. around. But, like, for our parents, uh, going <laughs> to one restaurant was, all, like, really good already, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, on to the next one, short attention spans. Um, Mm. often attributed to technology, and I would agree on that point, because, like, TikTok would be the prime example of a very, there's, like, a proper word for it, but for, like, social media or media, that's super, super fast-paced. Short-form content? Maybe. That might be it. Yeah. I feel like we're the generation of the TLDR. Too long, didn't read. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's, like, we've grown up in a in a uh, world of technology and then I feel like we grew up in a world where technology was still really new right so it also took a while for a lot of policies to be put in place and for people to like evaluate the ethics or the implications that technology might bring into the world so Mm -hmm, yeah we kind of got like I don't know the the full extent of technology in a way I think like because now everyone is super conscious of how much technology they expose their children to um, I wouldn't say that everyone's doing a super good job on that part because <laughs> kids love their technology. But Screen times. Like, yeah, everyone is worried about and knows about the effects that technology can have on children. But in our generation, it was kind of just like, oh, wow, a computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of just like, oh my gosh, wait, I can put this video in front of my child and they'll just be quiet for like an hour. Great. Actually, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
No, it's also interesting because I've heard a lot that books, especially like self-improvement books, are kind of just like pieces of wisdom distilled into their most basic, simple forms, you know? They like are, it took yeah. years for someone to experience and learn all this stuff, but now they've just like distilled it into the super basic read that you can just literally like look through and you can understand things. But then I feel like also these summaries or like I guess these concise bits of life wisdom are so available to us that we don't feel the need to read them anymore like I know yesterday Amy and I were talking about how sometimes we're invigorated by deadlines like if there's a deadline to do something then we feel like we have to do it before the deadline or else we're gonna miss out it's like that whole FOMO Mm -hmm. thing but because there's no deadline on reading all of these books or like on watching all of this wise content I guess it's kind of like we don't feel the need to do it right away. So then it almost feels like we don't have the internal motivation sometimes to keep at something. So like Mm -hmm. we start new ideas, we start new things, we start new projects, but then like it's hard to keep focused on that one thing. Oh. Because we also have like, there's so many opportunities for us too and everything's like dragging our attention in different directions. And so it's really hard to like focus and really keep at one thing. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. It's like, um... I would say that my favorite part of the process is the brainstorming process, like the part where you come up with a bunch of ideas and you get to exert your creativity and everything. But I was never really good at actually executing them or like, (laughs) you know, sending out a timeline and then working on it in a timely manner or whatever, because like, I just liked that short burst of like fun, inspiration, talk with friends. But yeah, that also like a big part of the project, the most important part of the project is you actually maintaining it. Um... (laughs) And then I feel like with the short attention span thing, we kind of just want to, like, start on this new thing and then move on to something else and start on this new thing and move on to something else. But we don't actually, like, have that much commitment. We don't like to spend a lot of time on one thing. Yeah, so so that way we can't really build up, like, true expertise or, like, true wisdom or whatever in that area or whatever we're doing. It's like we're kind of missing out on the fuller picture Mm -hmm. of it. Yeah, that does make sense. Mm -hmm. And that almost, like, leads us nicely to the third stereotype that we have, which is that Gen Zers are multitaskers. Multitasking is the devil. our attention span isn't on one thing at a time or, like, (laughs) we're thinking about this while we're doing this. And, like, I feel like, especially in our generation at least, um, I feel like it's a big thing to have to listen to music while doing work. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, like, I know a lot of people who still work with, like, YouTube videos back on the background. A lot of people being, one of them being me sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I've heard a lot of things about how, like, when you're multitasking, you're actually shifting your attention really quickly from one thing to the other. Mm -hmm. And so you're wasting time while your mind is shifting from focusing on one thing to the other. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if I'm listening to a YouTube video while also... I don't know, working on some kind of essay, then every time my attention shifts from the YouTube video to my essay, I lose like a few milliseconds, which Mm -hmm. means overall um, my work productivity is decreased. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I've also heard of people saying where like Gen Zers are just naturally better multitaskers. So I don't know how much that applies to us. Maybe we're just special and accepted to the role, but... We're we're probably (laughs) better at multitasking because we do it so much. But like at the same time, multitasking is still bad because like our brains aren't developed in a way that where we're supposed to multitask mm-hmm, and yeah yeah I think like the cause of this one is pretty obvious technology mm-hmm. more distractions technology. yeah and I feel like I don't know that's a big common struggle that a lot of people have because again it is 
pretty common for people to want to work on things like with the youtube video in the background or with the tv show in the background and it feels like we can't do anything without that filler noise anymore you know it's like i i'm not okay with wasting time it's like if i'm cleaning up my room i need to have a podcast on or something or i need to have music on i need to have a tv show on yet but i'm not allowed to just clean my room in silence Oh my gosh, wait, that resonated so much with me. I wonder if this whole toxic productivity thing is, like, one of the big things that affect all of Gen Z, too. Because mm-hmm. I know, like, we've talked a lot about how it affects Amy and I so much in our lives mm-hmm. and we feel guilty about not being productive at all times of the day. But, like, my brother, Stephen, he's okay with just, like, sitting on the couch with music on and meditating. And, like, mm-hmm. obviously I've heard so many people talk about how meditating is so good for you, but my mind and my, like, productivity-oriented mindset will just not let me do that because I feel like, oh, my gosh, I'm wasting time. Or, like, mm-hmm. even watching a TV show a lot of the time, like, I feel like, because TV shows are usually, I don't know, 40 minutes an episode, and then sometimes you sit there and you watch three, but then the whole show is, like, it takes, a, like, many hours to binge, and so I feel guilty about spending so much time doing quote-unquote nothing, but, like, my mm-hmm. brother is able to do it without seemingly feel t- feeling guilty at all. Like, he's able to just enjoy his spare time, and that's yeah. something that I really look up to because I'm like, I wish I could do that. <laughs> I want to enjoy my spare time. Yeah, no. and I was also thinking, like, without distractions, I would say that, okay, me in the shower and me playing piano but like you know when you're playing in piano and you kind of just like float away and your hands Mm -hmm. just started doing a thing your mind goes somewhere else yeah Mm -hmm. i feel like those are like the peak moments of amy thinking moments or amy creativity moments it's like moments Mm -hmm. where i'm not doing anything or my mind is just in a state of nothingness um because like obviously i have okay sometimes i do bring books into the shower I'll be honest, because, like, I have a Kindle, right? So I can just, like, prop it up somewhere and, like, read while I shower. But (laughs) (laughs) that's that's usually, like, when I'm addicted to it or whatever. But it's, like, in the shower, I can't bring any distractions in. Like, I guess I could play music. But usually it's just me and and the water. (laughs) We are alone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I think, like, when you're forced into those situations, then that's when you start, like, thinking or when your mind is it starts like doing really cool things because even on the toilet like i don't toilet by myself i have to grab something before i go to the toilet no i definitely get that and it's such a problem but i also totally agree with what you were saying earlier about like the shower thoughts and the piano thoughts because a lot of the time Mm -hmm. um okay so for a long time i kind of prided myself in that i wasn't super super into technology which is a paradox because it contradicts Mm -hmm. everything that we've been saying up to this point about how like all of our problems are just caused by technology but like I always kind of pride. I mean, okay, I feel like I can see that in your life, though. Like, I feel like you've benefited from not being super into technology because a lot of the times I might struggle with, like, my multitasking and my destruction issue, and I feel like you don't have as many uh, struggles on that front. Correct me if I'm wrong. I guess so. In a way, I guess so. Probably, like, less than some people in our generation, but, like, I still Mm -hmm. do. But then, okay, so yesterday, Amy and I were talking about how identities are kind of just like the person who we see ourselves as and as Mm -hmm. we like when we develop new goals we're kind of almost developing a new identity in order to get to those goals Mm -hmm. did I put that right do you want to add anything to that yeah it's just like um the idea that if you want to start acting different if you want to start um if you want to adopt a new behavior you need to think of yourself as the person who will actually execute that behavior you know So you have to believe that you are this type of a person before you start acting that way. Mm -hmm. And then, like, same, similarly and inversely, it's kind of like how all of our actions um, 
are defined by the identity that we see ourselves as or that like other people see ourselves as or that we want other people to see mm-hmm. ourselves as. And so I always wanted to be the person who wasn't like super addicted to technology. So whenever I was waiting for like my dad to come pick me up or like whenever I had spare time, I feel like a lot of people in our uh, generation tend to like pull out their phone and just like scroll mm-hmm. mindlessly. But like I always tried mm-hmm. not to do that because I was like, I don't want people to perceive me as that kind of person almost, but like in a, in a, mm-hmm. in a strange way. So then whenever I had those kind of moments of filler time, when I wasn't on my technology, I would also have the same experience that Amy was talking about, where I would just be fully in my head and I would just have like those shower thoughts or piano thoughts as I was waiting for, mm-hmm. I don't know, like my dad to come pick me up or something like that. And so I can definitely agree to what you were saying. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and that makes me think, like, a lot of people, um, me included, we kind of just pull out our phones to make situations less awkward. Yes. You know what I'm talking yes. about? Yeah, like, if, if there's awkward silence or whatever, pull out your phone, stare at it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like it's like a band-aid on top of avoiding all of those awkward situations. Mm-hmm. And also, when people are on their phones, no one else is going to go up to them and talk to them. So if you just don't want to talk to other people, then just, like, pull out your phone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that also leads us to our next point, which was that all Gen Zers are addicted to technology and, like, introverted. And I find that very interesting because I feel like technology has opened up this way of communicating with others um, online and not face-to-face. In which sense, like, mm-hmm. a lot of the time when I um, text people or when I call people, I'm able to get some of that extroversion boost, some of that, like, energy from other people just by talking to them, even if it's not face-to-face, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I feel like yeah, a lot of the time, even extroverts or, like, people who identify as extroverted people, um, they can get a lot of energy from being online because they can interact with people online. And I know it's not the same, but I feel like that just leads to more of our generation being online and, like, in our rooms all day. And then I think that's what builds the stereotype that we're all introverts yeah. that are addicted to technology. I, yeah. Like, of course, we still have extroverts in our generation. Yes. But I feel like a lot of us are a lot less competent in social situations, yeah. perhaps. Um, and I would say, like, even after the pandemic, I can see a clear difference in my friendships because I feel like I forged so many friendships online mm-hmm. during that time and those are the friends I have right now but in, it's kind of weird because a lot of us don't really talk that much in person yeah. like our s- relationship is still mostly strictly on the internet mm-hmm. so I don't know it's super weird because even if I see them in person like sometimes we will pass each other in the halls and not say anything yeah. but if I met that person in person then I would definitely like go up and hug them well not anymore but I would like go up and say mm-hmm. something yeah yeah so it's kind of crazy like the whole mm-hmm. transition from online friends to in-person friends because like for most of my life I never really had any friends that I met online but like there was one time where I did have a friendship that started as an online friendship and it even though we were in the same class we never became friends in person and it was always like really mm-hmm. strange because it's like well it this has already been going on for like a month now we've been friends online but not friends in person so now it feels weird to like initiate an in-person friendship and it just like I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just seems so strange that you can talk to someone a lot online and really get to know them and become good friends online, but never really talk to each other in person. And then it just like feels kind mm-hmm. of awkward because it's like, well, like I know so much about you and you know so much about me, but we don't really talk in person. Like when I see you, I yeah. don't know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a little awkward, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of it is just like our... 
Gen Zers having social anxiety slash awkwardness uh-huh. and just like being insecure and unconfident in general. Uh-huh. Yeah, I feel like our generation is a lot like we're a lot less likely to take risks, I feel like. Yeah. And honestly, I'm not really sure why either. Like I saw one explanation where it was saying that our parents didn't give us enough opportunities to like get out there and then we were really sheltered as children mm. and protected. I can really And then that. you know like <laughs> Before, they go like, oh, my kids, I always just let them out onto the roads and they did whatever. If they came home to eat dinner, then that was great. If they didn't, then wolf. <laughs> it's like that sense where it was, I don't know, you let the kids go buck wild <laughs> in their childhood. Yeah. And then um, the explanation was, was like, once you learn to do things by yourself and then you teach yourself again that like you can overcome challenges on your own and then you get confident from that. And then a lot of us in our childhood seemed like we didn't get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder if there's also like another explanation for why our generation is so meek sometimes <laughs> yeah okay wait adding on to your first explanation um it's almost mm-hmm. like our parents generation you know how they went crazy and buck yeah. out they had all these experiences and maybe some of them were negative and they were probably like uh-huh. oh i don't want my child to have to go through this so like i'm instead of letting my child experience it for themselves i'm just gonna try and tell them oh don't go outside without a jacket you'll get a cold you know because i experienced See, it and i don't want my child to experience the same thing yeah 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 okay that's the same idea you had before like with the decisive and indecisiveness yeah it's like a generation of like super risk-taking people and then a generation of like more meek quiet people yeah blame my parents (laughs) i also feel like another one was with social media there's the whole argument of you comparing yourself to other people's Mm -hmm. ideal lives or whatever yeah everyone building up that this like unachievable reality for themselves and just comparing themselves to um to something that isn't reality, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. So that's also an explanation for a lot of people who struggle with body image issues because mm-hmm. you're always looking at all these beautiful people on social media each day. Yeah. And I guess that can go hand-in-hand hand with the issue of confidence because, mm-hmm. I mean, like, physical physical confidence is a big player in your overall confidence, I feel like. Yeah. And they totally go hand-in-hand, hand too, where when you're confident in your physical appearance, you feel so much more confident in just like in general and um, in talking to people or in, I don't know, raising up your hands, stepping out there, putting yourself out there, giving your ideas to other people. But I feel like mm-hmm. same thing when you're feeling confident internally, you tend to dress up better because, you know, you feel confident yeah. in yourself. So they definitely yeah. go hand in hand. Yeah. I was thinking like, why do you think or for the um, issue that we have where a lot of people don't talk in class anymore, right? Like, English class where a teacher might say something, yeah, the class is silent. Yeah. <laughs> like, why do you think no one speaks up anymore? It's like, I, I had this same thing where no one wants to appear stupid, right? Mm. Which is, like, the part of it. Because you don't want to say an idea and you don't want it to be wrong. So that's, like, you not taking a risk. Yeah. Um, and then that's you, that's you being, like, afraid of people judging you mm-hmm. i guess or afraid of a teacher like lowering your grade maybe <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i'm not sure how much this is me and how much this is gen z but like i take a lot of energy from other people in the sense where i'm constantly yeah. looking towards other people for validation or like trying to read the room and trying to read what they want and so a mm-hmm. lot of the time when a teacher asks a question i'll like look around and see if anyone else is going to answer first And, like, it's that whole Uh um, community of 
you know, like talking to each other that we discussed in one of our chat time episodes, where like as long as one person speaks up, other people in the class are also more likely to like join in the conversation and speak up too, and they feel more confident too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like the idea of the like one person affecting everyone else, or like kind of just like the idea of this the group of people you surround yourself with influence you a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, that's also, I think that also plays a big part in the mental health struggle that our generation has, yeah. because I've experienced when some people are very vocal about it, it's good because it's, like, bringing attention to it and then bringing attention to this struggle that a lot of our uh, generation struggles with. But it's, like, 13 Reasons Why. Or have you heard of the show 13 I've heard Reasons of it, why? but I have not seen yeah. it. I don't think you're surprised yeah. that I haven't okay. seen I don't, it. Okay, <laughs> I don't think you should see okay. it, because there was a clear, um, jump in suicides or a clear increase in suicides after that show came out because even though it came out of really good intentions like Mm -hmm. all these people wanted to bring attention to all these struggles that um, our generation is going through and then they wanted to make them feel heard and they want to share their stories Mm -hmm. but it did kind of I guess normalize it I don't know if that's the right word um but after that there was an increase in suicides and then there were even a few copycat suicides to the way that Hannah Baker died Mm -hmm. so yeah, that does open another completely different discussion about how much attention we should bring to some things. Yeah. Because once they're normalized or once they see, like, it on TV, then I feel like a lot of people are a lot more likely to bring it into their own lives. Yes. Once you have yeah. so much attention on something, like, inevitably, there's going to be some kind of romanticization of it. And I feel like that's yeah. almost what happened in terms of mental health sometimes and like definitely again not trying to invalidate anyone's experiences but personally I feel like after being more exposed to mental health I feel like Mm -hmm. I've been more almost like when when something happens in your life and you're just like sad about it and then you're like oh my gosh is this a symptom of a mental health disorder it's almost like I don't know Mm -hmm. if anyone has ever done this before but like you just have like a mild I don't know, headache or something, and then you search it up on Google or like WebMD or something, and you read about all these diseases, and then suddenly you feel like you have all of the diseases. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like sometimes that can happen with mental health. Obviously, like um, mental health is real, and like so many people struggle with it, and my heart goes out to all of those people. But I feel like sometimes in my personal experience, I feel like it's almost hard sometimes to distinguish whether or not something is because of mental health or if it's just because it's like a natural up and down in my life yeah i would say the same and then the whole thing with mental health is a little whack because it's definitely real right it's Mm. it's a very um yes it's definitely real but also with the generation before us they kind of ignored it Mm -hmm. or they thought it wasn't real or they weren't very conscious about it in their own lives so people still struggled with mental health but i feel like their generation as a whole seems to like mental health isn't a part of their vocabulary does that make sense yeah because with our generation like whenever anything happens like when i'm talking about how my life is to a friend sometimes i go like oh mental health isn't doing the best recently my mental health is fine um (laughs) but it's like that's something that that's something really normal to say but Mm -hmm. for the generation before us they don't they don't view their mind in that way yeah oh that's so interesting they're almost more dismissive of it or more of like let's solve this problem kind of mindset Mm -hmm. over Mm -hmm. recognizing mental health as a struggle because I feel like our generation is more likely to be empathetic towards someone who says they're you know struggling with mental health lately whereas maybe generation before us might be more like 
oh, well, do this, and then maybe you'll feel better. Or, like, you know? Yeah. Like, they're more yeah. try to fix the problem kind of people almost. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. Because, like, I feel like we finally brought validity to the whole mental health thing because mm-hmm. we've been able to link it to more scientific explanations. Yeah. And then it's like, there are mental health disorders that are treatable or you can help with medications, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But, but before, like, people kind of just saw mental health struggles as, I don't know, a weak spirit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's something, something like, that. like, that I really like that our generation did is the mm-hmm. fact that, like, mental health isn't related to how strong you are as a human being. And it's almost like mm-hmm. denormalizing that toxic masculinity mindset a little bit, where, mm-hmm. like, you have to be strong all the time. No, you don't. It's okay. Like, it's okay if you're vulnerable. And I feel like I really like that our generation did that. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I can't help but feel that we have mm, that, that, like, normalization mm-hmm. of being in tune with your emotions or that normalization of mental health has kind of made our generation more depressed (laughs) yeah i don't know maybe it's like maybe it's like uncovering a truth that's always been there and people have always ignored and then now people are finally conscious of it and we just discovered that everyone is depressed Mm -hmm. but i do feel like the i do feel like the increased like discourse of mental health has had some negative effects on our generation like there have been plenty of positive effects of course Mm -hmm. but also i feel like it has made it easier to become depressed (laughs) yeah as with anything it has upsides and downsides and I feel like Mm -hmm. a lot of the time part of Gen Z humor is like we're all depressed and I don't know if that's like a coping mechanism or just you know like our sense of humor now and no that's totally Mm -hmm. fine like it's funny sometimes but also I feel like once you repeat something enough times you start to believe it yeah, and then for sure. if our generation is always saying, Haha, I'm depressed, and then it slowly just becomes like, Haha, I'm depressed. <laughs> and then- <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> That's a great way of putting it, Grace. No, I like it. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. mm. I, I definitely agree with that one. And that kind of relates to the whole idea of the identity thing, the identity um, dictating your behavior. Oh, yeah. Because if you really think you're depressed, then you're going to start acting more depressed mm-hmm. or you're going to start, yeah. But in any case, I still feel like it's, like, overall, it's probably good that we're bringing awareness to this topic, especially because it's been ignored for so long. Like, obviously, there are a lot of downsides that we'll probably have to work out, but I feel like it's good that at least more people are knowledgeable about it. So I feel like overall, mm-hmm. it's good that we're talking about it more. And that's like overall just something that I really admire about Generation Z, the fact that we're kind of activists, you know, we stand up for what we believe in and yeah, like we, we're more likely to talk about difficult topics in a way where it's kind of like bring awareness mm-hmm. to things that maybe other people haven't talked about. Like I've seen so much amazing stuff about body positivity and like how we can help with climate change, like just little actions that you can take and everything mm-hmm. like that. And I feel like it's really good that we're stepping up and like we're still pretty young, you know, mm-hmm. we're still young people. But I yeah. I really like that we're considering what the world will look like in the future and what we want the world to be like for the next generation after us and like potentially our children. Yeah. And I feel like in comparison to all the other things we've said, the social activism thing has been a really positive effect 
caused by social media, I think, Mm -hmm, because it's allowed us to get, yeah, it's allowed us to experience um, so many other things and hear stories from so many other people, like, around the world, Um, and also to, like, share, to give everyone a platform and to give us the ability to share whatever we want Mm -hmm. to a pretty big community, honestly. So, yeah, I really like the whole thing where we're trying, um, our generation is focused on destigmatizing a lot of things, Mm -hmm. like, mental health is one of them, and then a lot of other um previously like shameful things we're just like no that's normal why do why does why is society like this stop Mm -hmm. (laughs) i know so i think that is something that gen zers should be very proud of yeah definitely what Mm -hmm. you said about like normalizing what's normal i feel like that's so important because especially the generation before us the millennials i feel like Mm -hmm. they like they did a lot of kind of perfect life stuff which makes sense because when the internet first came out you want to put the best side of yourself on the internet, you know? You don't want to mm-hmm. be, like, brutally honest and share all these struggles. And so, unintentionally, they kind of created a um, community where we see, like, unrealistic realities. And everyone's comparing mm-hmm. themselves to that. Kind of like what Amy was saying earlier, too. And it's almost like, for example, we never really saw normal bodies, I guess, on just media in general. A lot of the time, mm-hmm. we see, like super thin uh supermodels or like plus size supermodels but then a lot of the time we didn't see like what the normal demographic of bodies looked like and not so, supermodels yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly and so everyone was comparing their own bodies to these like kind of like perfect bodies that we see out there mm-hmm. without realizing that they're the normal and i i just feel like it's really good that um we're normalizing things that are normal for people yeah and it's things that like again society has um, previously said was shameful or not good and then us Mm kind of just going but why yeah (laughs) i didn't even get here Mm -hmm. yeah and then like i think it's like grounding society in a way like taking us away from all these damaging and kind of groundless narratives Mm -hmm. and going like okay there's nothing wrong with this this is just how the world works yeah definitely yeah i find it interesting though that it's our generation that's doing this because like again we're so we're so young and i wonder i wonder if you think that this is a result of maybe our generation growing up too quickly or like having to grow up Mm. faster because of all these issues that we're seeing like because of climate change and because of you know certain discriminatory acts we feel like no one else is going to take a stand so we have to do it uh-huh. that's really interesting actually because i just had this thought the the generation before millennials or the generations that my parents grew up into <laughs> gen x the forgotten generation <laughs> the forgotten generation i feel like they actually had to grow up really quickly as well because they're put in really difficult situations mm-hmm. and then like they had to um like take up a lot more familial responsibilities and like my mom she had to do a lot of work for her family she had to do a lot of chores mm-hmm. and then like her mom my grandma also had to do the same and she had to give up like some of her childhood to support help support her family like that is definitely growing up quickly right Mm -hmm. um i feel like it's only the millennials honestly the freaking millennials just grow up really slow we're normal (laughs) (laughs) because like i feel like the the comparison that they make to our generation going up quickly is the millennials grew up really slowly um i see a lot of people saying that when i was 13 i didn't know how to do any of this the 13 year olds now can put on a full face of makeup they can go do drugs they can wear crop tops yeah (laughs) it's like I, I suppose that is growing up in a different way than 
uh, what I was describing with my mother and my grandmother, but <laughs> nonetheless. I don't know if this is just with our generation or all generations, but I feel like our generation wants to grow up more quickly, you know? We're trying to act like we're adults. I feel like that's everyone, though. I feel like that's all humans. Like, we've mm-hmm. always tried to grow up faster than we should. It's like everyone's wanted to grow up and then be able to do new things, because when you're a child, your your parents stop you from doing a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you have the urge to grow up so then you can finally do them, but... Because hmm. I'm wondering if, um, like, we want to grow up because there's no pressure for us to actually grow up quickly. Like, we don't have to grow up quickly. Like, the millennials. Um, they didn't have to grow up quickly. And technically, we don't have to mm-hmm. grow up quickly, too. Because overall, our generation is, like, probably more privileged than generations in the past. Whereas, like, mm-hmm. our parents, our grandparents, they were almost forced to grow up quickly in a way because they had to care mm-hmm. for their families. They had all these responsibilities. So I wonder if it's almost like a pushback with our generation. Like, we don't have to grow up quickly, but we want to grow up quickly. Want to grow up quickly. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I guess so. We want to be taken seriously. (laughs) I feel like the the comparison between millennials and Gen Zers, I feel like you can also say that social media played a really big part of that. Because, of course, (laughs) millennials started getting technology, but we always had technology. Yeah. So we could always compare ourselves to others (laughs) at a young age and see these older, cooler people and go like, oh, I want to be like them. And we could always see these, um, like, unfortunate things that were happening in the world and be like, oh my gosh, we got to fix this. Yeah. (laughs) What are are these adults doing with their lives? (laughs) The whole thing with Greta Thunberg um, stepping up for climate change, and there was this other thing that Mm -hmm. we had to see in our core competencies, where there was this indigenous girl who um, was kind of like, her community didn't have clean water to drink. And this is in Canada. Like, we think, oh my gosh, Canada is such a great place to live. We're so privileged to live here. But like, they didn't even have clean water to drink. They had um, a boiling water advisory. And so there was this one day where she was supposed to give this thing to... Uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, I'm pretty sure, and she was told not to say anything and just give the gift to him, but, like, as she was giving it to him, she was like, oh my gosh, this is, like, my one chance to be heard, and so she breaks Mm -hmm. down crying, and she's like, you made all these promises to my people, but you're not keeping these promises, like, we don't even have clean water to drink, and it was so touching, and she's, like, 16 now, back then she was even younger, because it was a couple of years ago, but it's, like, really inspiring, I guess, to see um, our generation taking action where maybe other generations have just accepted this as the norm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the thing that younger generations have always done. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's always been the younger people who are on the more left side, who want change, who are like a little more radical. And then compared to the right people or the older generation who have that stability in their lives and then mm. they have like gone through a lot more difficult things and then they're just like this is just how the world works stop mm-hmm. being naive naive you're yeah. living in an ideal world but then mm-hmm. you know what the world always changes anyways like we do change it for the better i think mm-hmm. um so screw them <laughs> maybe maybe we're just the naive people maybe like maybe someone who has more life experiences and knows kind of like the consequences of like trying to change things. Maybe they're gonna listen to this episode and they're gonna be like, these youngsters. They are probably gonna be like that, but who cares anyways? Like that's what makes the young generations so important and the idealists so important. Cause like the world won't change otherwise mm-hmm. if people always believe that they can't. Yeah. 
And like, yeah. obviously, these are just our thoughts. We're just two Gen Zers in a whole population of Gen Zs. So <laughs> if like if you agreed with anything that we said or if you have anything you'd like to add or if you disagreed with anything that we said and you have anything that you'd like to say, please don't hesitate to reach out. We'd love to hear what you have to think. You can find us on Instagram at tobehonestpod. And as always, thank you so much for your support. If you want to go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating, it would be much appreciated. Or share this podcast to anyone who you think might be interested. I will love you forever. (laughs) Thank Um, you very much. (laughs) And with that, we'll We'll see see you next week. week.